We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. What up, my freaky friends? How are you guys doing this fantastic morning? Uh, here we are, back at the RMP. I'm your host, Zach, and we got th- some things to kill. First, updates. Update, uh, I mean, you guys never actually call in and update me, but I do want you to update yourself. How did everything go this week? Was it powerful? Was it strong? Did you lift some weights? Did you mentally lift some weights? Did you question some stuff? Did you push yourself forward? That's all that really fucking matters, guys, is questioning and rebelling against fucking everything, I guess. (laughs) Sometimes the system, sometimes yourself, sometimes other people. Just make yourself healthy, right? Um, I am doing pretty good from an outside view, but internally I went through some a lot, well, a lot of emotional struggle. Where my heart on my sleeve uh, was dating somebody and it abruptly ended. But with, uh, not with anything really chaotic or unfair or unjust. Just a mutual recognition of things, of reasons why it wouldn't work. So that sucks. Even when you do things healthy, even if you break up healthy, kind of sucks. But... That's the way the world rolls, right? So I want to present to you this next amazing guest. He is the owner of a supplement company, and his name is John Clipstein. You ready? John Clipstein is a combat veteran who was in Afghanistan for over two years during our global war on terrorism. After dealing with his own battles from PTSD and anxiety, and oftentimes finding the solution offered from the VA was medication, he made it his mission to help others find therapy and fitness rather than through prescriptions. This led him to a higher calling with the launch of UXO Supplements, a veteran-owned and operated sports nutrition company offering premium formulas, but also giving back to the veteran-focused nonprofits making a difference today. And if you're curious about UXO Supplements and you're curious about John Clipstein beyond this episode look into his social media on instagram at uxo supplements on facebook at uxo supplements and on youtube for their weekly vlog youtube.com backslash c backslash uxo supplements so without further ado let's do this episode 86 with john clipstein from uxo supplements what up humans are you a powerlifter too then why are we not friends? Actually, if you're any athlete, get yourself over here. I need some friends. As an athlete who has goals, 
I do my best to give my body what it needs to hit my powerlifting numbers. And a 500-pound deadlift is a formidable opponent. And cage muscle supplements are what I rely on to help me hit those goals. Cage Muscle is the cleanest and most effective product line I've ever used for supplementation, and I've been lifting forever. I never feel like my heart will implode and never feel like anything I take is doing absolutely nothing like so many other supplements out there. I train better, I recover better, and I sleep better due to the Caged Muscle products that I use. And to get where I want to go in fitness, Cage will always be my go-to. I don't want to sell you on cage muscle. I want you to feel the difference. I want you to feel cage muscle for yourself. So if you're looking for trying something new and very effective in your supplementation routine, make sure to get 15% off when you use my code HAMSTER15 at checkout. That's H-A-M-S-T-E-R-15 when you check out. Let's go hit some numbers, shall we? So uh, yeah, man, let's, let's just dive right into this. So first let everybody know who you are and what you do. And then we'll start digging into to what it is that is part of the rebel minded mindset, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. My name is John. Uh, I am the CEO and owner of UXO supplements. Um, yeah. In the sports nutrition field, just with passion for fitness and trying to offer quality products that meet both the needs of soldiers and athletes alike, you know, like what really differentiates us, I would say, from the hordes of other supplement companies out there is our military background and our ties mm-hmm. to the military, right? Like that's what really sparked it with me when it came to fitness and started my whole path down the rabbit hole of, you know, sports nutrition today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's me, man. That's me in a nutshell. Family man um, at night, businessman a day, and uh, <laughs> gym enthusiast throughout right yeah yeah man well i mean i've seen you in the gym a few times and i've watched uh as as the brand has grown and i think it's pretty epic man i think i think the the story behind it has to be pretty awesome and you know i know you're 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 veteran owned so you are a veteran yourself correct so um what is it that made that so important for you to to put out there as far as the forefront of the brand you mean from the veteran aspect? Yeah, or- yeah, yeah. Because I think, in my opinion, like veterans really don't get enough recognition for what they've done. I think, and we can dig into this a little bit. Maybe you can see where your where your mind goes with this. But I think when most of us have a position where we haven't had a major struggle, right? Um, we're not in the time of war. We've been in peace for for the most part. You know, like we have it have you know we had Afghanistan and everything. Um, but the people that aren't on the front lines, the people that live in the country that are been, you know, being told to appreciate their freedoms and everything. Um, I think it's harder for people to understand. And sometimes I think they take it for granted, you know? And so I love companies like yours that, that stand up and say, Hey, like we're veteran owned and we're trying to take care of veterans. And like, we're trying to give back because, you know, in my opinion, I, I just don't know if they're recognized enough for what they've done. Like, like seriously, life risk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't know. It's interesting how you just put it though, because it made me think back to um, my first deployment, which was probably the hardest deployment that I went through. That was like Mm -hmm. of war over in Afghanistan. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, people that people are like, when we're over here, we're in our own little bubbles. Yeah, man. 
And like you may hear stuff that's going on in the news and you may, you know, see things that are happening, but people really don't have any idea until you've been over there. And that, that was kind of eye-opening to me. And I don't know how to explain it. And it's interesting because uh, I was coming back home from our first deployment and we had just landed in the States from being in Afghanistan, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've been over there for 13 months and we were in, in combat and, uh, you know, hitting IEDs and getting rocketed all the time and uh, constant, just constant, like your, your life's threatened, you know? So you're, you have that, that constant anxiety, but it was really weird. It's a surreal feeling because we landed in the States and I think it was, uh, oh, Bangor, Maine right and we land in this airport like that's where you that's like the central hub when you come back from afghanistan you land there and we walked through the airport and it was weird because like we haven't you hadn't been able to release that stress like you're still like on edge and you know you're still very uh what's the word i'm looking for you're still very like you're in that zone like you're in you're, you're in that risk mentality yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're just very, uh, you know, you see everything that's going on around you. You're just very focused on everything, but you see these people sitting at the coffee shop and they're drinking their lattes and they're typing away on their computers and on their cell phones. And, um, and it's like this overwhelmingly frustrating feeling. And I remember I sat there and I was just shaking my head and I, and I was coming back with a sergeant that had been deployed several times. Right. And he took one look at me and he was like, I know it's weird, huh? And I was like, what? And he was like, life just continued on for him. And it's like, he knew exactly. It's like, yes, like that was what was going on in my head. Like there's just, they had no idea what we've just been through, what what's going on over there. And just mm-hmm. what you see on TV doesn't do it justice. But it's interesting that you brought that up because that's what it made me think of was that one instance and coming back and landing in the States and, um, you know, but yeah, that, that kind of catapulted our, our mission uh, after being in the military. And it's not really to get respect. Uh, our mission originally was to try and give back to veteran-owned yeah. or veteran nonprofit organizations that could help vets just because of all the stuff that we experienced in the military and all the, um, the ailments that the, the veterans face and the stigmas around veteran suicide, around medication, around you know everything that they deal with. Mm-hmm. So that, that was our original goal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, I, I like to provoke the shit out of people. So if I say something like not respected enough, it's probably because I mean it a little bit, but yeah, you know, yeah. I, I definitely know that's not the face of your brand. And I think the best way to support people that have gone through something like that is to, it is to think about the positive and be, be in the optimistic and like be there for the support. And it's not about shaming the people that haven't been there, you know, right. It's about supporting people that have, right. Oh, yeah. Um, so I I was kind of curious, um, where did the, where did it even come from? Like, what made you want to start UXO in the first place? Well, it, dude, it's such a long story. Like, I think that there's so many angles that like fed into, it It was like a perfect storm to where I got out and it was like an aha moment. And it was like sports nutrition. That's where we're going. Uh Um, but for me, I mean, originally, like I went backwards, like a lot of people that join the, you know, army or military, they join right out of high school. And a yeah. lot of soldiers who join, they join at such a young age because they're in a situation to where they don't really have any other option. Like they, they, they don't have uh, the ability to go to college based on you know, finances or maybe their grades weren't good enough. So they get pigeonholed into one of two options. Yeah in the military or you know life of crime yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure there's other options, but um, for me, I came right out of high school and uh, I had the gift of gab. So I, I jumped into sales and I made a ton of money. Like I was making, you know, a lot of money at a very young age, more money than I probably should have been which <laughs> led to alcohol and drugs and stupid, stupid decisions. Um, and, and I did that till I was up in, I was almost 30. Mm-hmm. I was 30 years old. And then I lost my job during the housing collapse. You know, oh, okay. 2009. And that's when I jumped into the military because in wow. me it was crazy because so here I was, this old dude coming in. I was going into basic training with all these young guys, but I, I wanted to do it because I felt like, you know, I'd been doing sales and I was selling computers and electronics and mm-hmm. tech. And um, I didn't really feel like I was doing anything valuable with my life. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I needed the drugs and alcohol because I was looking for some sort of, you know, outlet to make me feel better about what mm-hmm. I was doing. Um, so when I lost my job, I saw that I could have went and got probably another sales job and made good money, but I felt like I really wasn't doing anything meaningful and uh, decided to join the military. And I, I remember I walked into the recruiter's office here. I'm this 30 years old, this 30 year old dude. And they're like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to, I want to see combat. Like put me, put me dude. on the line. Like I want to do, you know, um, infantry. I want to do, uh, I want to do artillery. I want to do something. And, uh, we, we negotiated on artillery and it was mainly because of my wife. Mm. Right? My wife didn't want me to be, um, up in the forefront with a rifle shooting guys being shot at. And so we agreed on that. But uh, what we didn't know, right, was at the time, the law of uh, or the, Geneva, the Geneva Convention and the, the rules of engagement, there wasn't a whole lot of artillery going on. Mm. So once I graduated basic training, we were basically handed rifles and said, hey, you're going to go oh. down mountains and get to fucking look for bad guys. And I was like, yes. So, so you got, got to do, anyway. <laughs> So I got to do what I wanted to do which was great. You know, yeah. and I would, I would, I would do it all over again. You know, it was uh, such a great experience, but, um, but the crazy thing is, is so at 30 years old, like I said, I was in sales uh, at that point in time, I was drinking a lot. I was smoking like a pack of cigarettes a day. So the recruiter, when I went in there and said, I want to join the army is like, come back the next day. We'll do a PT test. We'll see how you do. And one of the things you have to do is run two miles. And I think it took me 23 minutes and I threw up four times. Like I was in bad shape. Um, <laughs> so they're like, yeah, you need, you need work. So they put me on the delayed entrance. They gave me three months to try and whip my ass into shape. And I did, you know, every day I was out there running, I was doing like interval sprints to get my speed up and to get my endurance up and push-ups and sit-ups just nonstop. And uh, yeah, by the time I entered basic training, I, I was more than passing my PT test and got promoted automatically and uh, just jumped right into it, you know? Um, yeah. So after getting to my first unit, we were, we were quickly deployed to Afghanistan. Like I was there for like six months and they're like, Hey, we're heading to Afghanistan. And I was like, sweet. Like that's, that's what you want to do when you're in the military too. Like the, the worst part about being in the military is being in garrison life. Like that's when you're here in the States, like when you're in Fort Knox and you're active duty and, you're just sitting there cleaning barracks all day long and mm-hmm. doing weapons checks or doing training on reactive contact. And it's just horrible. Like you want to be over in Afghanistan fighting. And uh, yeah, we got, we got our wish. We got to go over and 
we uh, got stationed at this fob, this base called Fob Salerno. We called it Rocket City because mm-hmm. every day it got rocketed. Like it was rocketed nonstop. And anytime it got rocketed, me and the team would have to go out and try and find who did it. And we'd hit IEDs and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy wild experience. You just, you don't know what to expect over there. And you get mm-hmm. to a point like it, for me, it was crazy because you get to a point where like you almost accept that you're going to die over there. Like you get to this Jesus. point where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not coming back. Like you just, you, you come to terms with it and you accept that you're not coming back. Dude, which is a it's a weird mental fuck for you, but uh, and then you come back and you know you have to deal with trying to recivilize yourself. See, and I can I can see why that would be difficult. Um, I mean, I I have a couple of friends in law enforcement, and you know, I was actually just talking to one today, like about um, that transition that you have to have between where you're at that you know, that constant, you know, risk mentality and bringing yourself back down so you can live life, you know, around you for, for your, yeah, your wife, your kids, your, you know, yourself, you know, and I I still deal with it. Like, you know, I've been diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety and I catch myself like, and sometimes I beat myself up. It's like, man, you know, I never used to react like that, but um, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you become more aggressive with certain scenarios that you shouldn't, but, uh, you know, Do you think it's just because you've been conditioned for it like that? Hmm? You think it's just because you've been conditioned for it like that? Like the military like conditioned you to be able to oh, yeah. aggressively. And that's yeah. why, you know, I think the VA, um, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of issues with the VA. I'll say that, right? From a from a veteran standpoint. And the one thing that I notice is they'll call out um that oh no what what you what you're doing isn't considered PTSD because they don't want to pay out their claims. They don't want to pay out the the disabled, uh, you know, connected claims. But um, the thing with me, what's different is like they, they tell these kids that probably don't know any different because they're still developing and they, they get out of high school and they jump right into the military and they go and experience these things, right? But yeah. I was old cat when I joined, you know, I was 30 years old. So I know what how I used to act in a normal, mm-hmm. you know, corporate America world. And now the way I react to certain situations is completely different. So it's definitely mm-hmm. the, the experiences you have over there affect you um, regardless of, of your age, that it, it develops you in a different way, you know? So if you don't mind, I kind of want to, I kind of want to loop back a little bit. So, because you had so much time before you actually went into the military and, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20, like you're, you feel like, you, you just feel like hot lead. Like you can take on anything, right? Like hormones are raging and like you feel tougher than anything. You haven't had much experience. You probably, you know, good chance. Nobody's knocked you down yet. Maybe even in a few fights, whatever. Um, do you think that made you handle going into military differently than if you would have been 18, oh, 19, 20? 100%. And that's the other thing I looked at. So when I came in, like I said, I, I mean, I, I had, I had a lot of ground to make up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I got in, like I was gung ho and, uh, they put you through some, some crazy shit, you know, they really mess with you mentally, physically. Yeah. Um, and I took on every challenge and I, con- and I constantly want more because I think that like, I had that experience where it's like, I'm not doing anything with my life and I wanted to do something meaningful. So I went balls to the walls once I got in the military and I went from being, you know, when I first showed up at the, um, uh, the recruiter's office couldn't pass a PT test to save my life to by the time I was at my duty station for the first two months, I became one of the top performing 
um, physical fitness dudes at an older age. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's because, you know, I, I, I was more mentally adept. Like I, um, I was more, um, uh, uh, you had more grit, more resilience, like, because you had gone through the same thing. Like I was more mature, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I had gone in at age 17 or 18, I don't think I would have made it. I probably would have been, you know, um, I I don't think I would have made it. I think it was more of like the, the maturity to, to see things logistically rather than, you know, react by emotion and exactly maybe something like that. You know, when they put you in some of these uh, hard situations that are just more mental than they are physical. Mm -hmm. uh, I think so. You know, I watched a lot of younger guys give up. Like I went to aerosol training um, where they teach you to repel out of helicopters and uh, out of black Hawks, right. Mm -hmm. Health objectives. And there's these different physical training events that come associated with it, like a 12 mile ruck. You have to do a four mile run with a 30 pound weight vest on. And I saw a lot of guys tap out. And uh, I think it was just, they didn't have the mental fortitude to try and push through because I was like, yeah. God, these guys are in better shape than I am. I'm a 30 year old and these are young 18 year olds dropping out of these runs. Um, but it, it, at a point it just becomes mental, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I, it was just the maturity helped me through it. Yeah. And so, and so when you got, did you already have the UXO supplements idea, like when you're in, in the military or what was the, what, no. where did so, that come from? So backtracking to our first deployment and, uh, you know, like I said, it's just a very high stress situation. You're in constant danger. And, yeah. um, you know, so we tried to find ways to like, my outlet was the gym. Like we were on these mm. box yeah. and they had these makeshift gyms. They were tense, but they, they had all the weights that you could wish for. And we, in, in our first year over there, I think we were over there for 13 months. We went out on like 389 missions. So it was like every day we were going out Jeez. every day and, uh, we'd come back off mission. And that's the first place I would head to. I'd make sure mm. we didn't have anything coming down from the top and I would go to the gym and I would just work out because that was your therapy. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, that was kind of my first experience too in the gym before that I had never been in the gym. Like I said, I was mainly doing push-ups, sit-ups. I was running. Um, never been in the gym. <laughs> so that was my first experience was overseas in Afghanistan. And it became just uh, a passion from there. But the other thing that happened, and uh, this was this was really interesting. So we'd buy supplements from like bodybuilding.com or wherever. Yeah, that of course. Yeah. Over to us to help us uh, to help us with our, our fitness goals. And um, they would always do these, they, they call them uh, health and welfare checks. So they'd come into your little area that you lived in, like we had the like five by eight room that you lived in over there. Right. Yeah. The man, they would inspect your shit, make sure your shit was clean. They'd make sure that your shit was ready to go. Like your weapons, that your ammunition was ready. Then they would also check your supplements and they would go down the list and they had a, they had a supplement ban list for the military. And they'd be like, Nope, you can't be taking this. It's got this banned substance in it, or it's got this mm. ingredient in it. And, uh, they would confiscate our shit. So after a couple of times of having that done, it got to a point where it's like, man, like I started researching on my own. Like, why is this stuff being confiscated? Why is this ingredient like banned or unapproved by the FDA or not approved? And uh, I just started ordering in raw ingredients because I was sick and tired of ordering in a $40 thing, of pre-workout and having it confiscated for me. So I just started ordering in like creatine and arginine and, you know, just the raw, Basics, raw yeah. it tasted like shit, but I mean, it was a big <laughs> from me. And, uh, that was the, without knowing it, without ever having an idea of you. So that was kind of started. Like I was mixing my own shit just cause I knew it was safe and effective, Dude. you know? 
There That's was no cool. plan of a business. There was no idea of a business. But when I think back on it, like that was mm-hmm. the first touch on it to say like, this is the direction we need to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when was that moment where you're like, oh man, I, I should build a supplement company. So yeah. So as the years progressed, so I came back from our first deployment we were back in the States. And like I said, um, that was my first experience. So there's a big stigma out there uh, about, you know, just mental health with veterans after everything you see. Mm-hmm. When you do go through a bunch of shit over there, um, you know, it's hard for vets to ask for help, especially when yeah. you're in the military because there is that stigma and you looked at as weak. Um, so we came back from our first deployment and we, we got a little R&R. And then we went right back into training knowing that we were going to deploy in another you know, 10 to 12 months mm-hmm. again. So we jumped back into training and suicide started happening like all around us. We lost like five soldiers in the first uh, two or three weeks of training. And so they ended up shutting down all operations. We had to go through some resilience training and stuff like that. And uh, that was my first experience. Like I was blown away, like just soldiers taking their lives. And it happens like the, the statistic that they came out in 2012 said that on average it's 22 veterans a day take their own life. Yeah. So, um, and, and that was my first experience seeing it firsthand. And it was like, man, like something's got to be done about that. And it didn't really feel, and, and I'm not bashing, but it didn't really feel like the military has things really set up to try and mitigate that. Like when mm-hmm. it comes to mental health, when it comes to, um, you know, talking to, to psychiatrists and things of like that, like you mm-hmm. go talk to a PA who's also a soldier and you'd be able to vent some stuff that there's, that they, they're quick to throw medication on. Like that's their fix. Yeah. Like, Hey, let's put you on antidepressants. Let's put you on anti-anxiety or anxiety uh, medication. And uh, even with my experience, like they were, they would throw the pills at me too. And I would take them and it, I wouldn't feel like the same person. I'd feel lethargic. Mm-hmm. I'd feel like I was foggy. Like I wasn't me. Yeah. And so I feel like by them throwing medication at those instances, um, sometimes that leads it down an even darker hole, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so the reason I bring that up was because when, when I started to see that, I knew I wanted to, uh, get out of the military eventually. Like I knew I, I came in late and that after yeah. my first deployment, my knees banged up. I've got two herniated discs in my back, my 50% hearing loss in one ear. And I'm like, I'm, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do military as a career. So it's like, when I get out, I'm going to create a business and I'm going to find a way to prevent veteran suicides. I'm going to find a way to help vets who are suffering from these ailments, you know, um, with me being one of them. But uh, yeah, so then we fast forward a little bit later on down the road. Uh, one of our buddies, Sergeant Aaron Scales, he ends up going to an officer selection course. And that's, that's like, he's trying to advance his military career. And this dude's 28 years old. <clears throat> he goes in uh, great shape. He goes on to advance his military career and he goes to this training in, um, in Georgia. And he's away from us for some time. And one day, one morning, we, we just get done with one of our six mile runs and we come back and our battalion Lieutenant Colonel's in anytime a Lieutenant Colonel's there, that means something bad. Like we, we thought we, somebody screwed up. We're all getting in trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, he, he was there to inform us that Sergeant Aaron scales had passed during a PT test. So he had to run his five mile time <clears throat> loop 
and he died of cardiac arrest out on the, the track at 28, right? So it's like, wow, did he have, you know, a previous condition? Yeah. Um, come to find out, you know, there was a FEDRA in his system and it came from a pre-workout that he had taken called Phrase. Yeah. So it goes back to that whole, um, you know, like there's a dark side to the dietary supplement industry and there still is like the FDA yeah. doesn't regulate the industry. Um, now, if it gets bad enough, they'll intervene and they'll, they'll, they'll go after specific, you know, companies or people, but mm-hmm. like I can go into a local sports nutrition store right now and buy something off the shelf that has one, three DMA, which is a banned substance. Like the FDA has called it out. Like it is illegal, but you can still buy products with it in it right on your store shelf today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's, that was the next kind of aha moment was, you know, there's a dark side to the industry and there's a lot of pre-workouts loaded with high synthetic stimulants in it that Mm -hmm. cause heart failure can have, you know, health risks to taking it, especially when you combine it with high intensity training or, you know, physical fitness. So yeah. Well, I mean, and it's like, uh, why would you want to compound you know, guys that are already like stressed and high anxiety, like always hyped. And like, I think that, you know, between stress, high cortisol levels, like your body always racing, it never gets its chance to come down and never, you know, it never functions as well if you're always in a stress related state. And oh, yeah. so I can only imagine like things that are bad for your body or make the, the, the situation worse, like how, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, but how are, how is that allowed, you know, but, um, maybe it's because we haven't tested enough or, or whatever, but it seems like supplements have been around for so long. How are these things still happening? And like you said, like if, if the FDA is not, if they don't have a tighter, you know, grip on this, then things are slipping by. It sounds like. Right. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like I said, it's, uh, it's amazing. And even, you know, um, so a local supplement store that sells our stuff here too, and I'll go in and I'll talk to them and, um, he's constantly looking to stock his shelf with those products because mm-hmm. they are very close to like, uh, they're very similar to a uh, methamphetamine and people mm-hmm. get cracked up. Like they get addicted basically to these products. And they mm-hmm. were like, he, he showed me, he had some open containers that he had that he was selling on eBay of an ingredient that you can't find anymore, but people were paying like $200 for these containers they were open and already had like two or three servings missing out of them. And he's selling them open container on eBay for like 200 bucks for a $40 something. What? Yeah. It's nuts, man. But that's what, and that's what irritates me about. I, I think it comes down to the education is like mm-hmm. some people get their hands on those and they get that jacked out, you know, that cracked out feeling and they get addicted to it. And that's what they look for in a pre-workout and a pre-workout mm-hmm. shouldn't be that right? Pre-workout should be more about pump, about increasing blood flow, bringing more nutrients to your muscles, mm-hmm. lower stems, right? But um, people don't understand that. They, you know, they're more, they're more apt to go after those high stimulant products that actually restrict blood flow. And it's mm-hmm. the exact opposite of what you want in pre-workout. But weird, you know, that's what they look for. Yeah. Because they want well, that feeling. And that's, that's kind of the problem that I have with industry in the first place is that they care less about health and we trust pretty easily on what they give out because, you know, there's scientists, there's labs, there's, you know, there's uh, restrictions, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but I think to to the uh, to the people that are uneducated and, and that are trusting pretty easily, and you know, um, I don't know the most about supplements either, but um, it's because you trust so easily, you could be very well putting something in your body that you have has some negative effects and you have no, absolutely no idea. Cause you can't see it on the outside. You're getting like, you're getting hyped. You're getting, you're getting protein. You're getting, you know, water retention, all these things. Um, but you have no idea what's really happening inside. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and that, that's why we, you know, with our products, we try and keep everything transparent as possible. We try mm-hmm. and as low and we use trademark and research ingredients that are backed with science and clinical claims. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So after that, and sorry, dude, I know it's just been going on and on. But no, no, no. I just, dude, like this is, this is cool. Directed us towards UXO, you know, and yeah. after we lost our Sergeant Aaron scales, that was kind of a wake up moment. And, uh, then, uh, yeah. So as I, as I neared exit, so I had one more deployment to Afghanistan. That won't, that, that deployment was much different. Mm-hmm. It was uh, things were calm. We didn't have very many issues. Um, you could tell things were kind of dying down over there. And uh, so as I exited the military, though, I, I was looking for like, what's the thing I'm going to do? And that's where UXO came about. It's like, okay, well, I know there's all these issues. Passionate about fitness, right? Like getting in the gym and pushing myself. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to create a supplement brand that kind of hit all of the, the checks. Like we wanted a clean supplement brand that was transparent that you know, was going to be safe for athletes to use. It was going to be safe for soldiers to use. And we wanted to take a portion of those profits and donate it back to veteran nonprofit organizations. So we're, we're partnering with mission 22 and we've done a bunch of events with them raising money to help, you know, them fight veteran suicide. So they put together programs, they put together events to help these PTSD or, or veterans who suffer from PTSD kind of cope and learn to deal with their, their issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's been our mission, you know, ever since. Yeah. Now, um, um, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, we started the company on veterans day, um, mm. in 2015. Nicely right? done we're, we're yeah. up on our six year anniversary, but, um, technically the company's in, in my eyes has only been around for four months, you know? So, <laughs> so coming out of the military, like, for me, that's the way I view it. And yeah. they talk about, we can dive deeper into it, but they talk about when you have something that you're passionate about, when you, when you, when you want to do something, you need to burn the boats and jump into it 100%. Right. Okay. And I failed to do that. Like we, you know, a lot of people, even though they say it, a lot of people live outside of their means. And that was me. You yeah. know, I, I got out of the military. I got a nice job, but that's all it was, was a job. And I was making good money at that again. And I kind of racked up bills. Hey, let's get this nice. So then I'm working this job to pay the bills. And UXO is like my night passion. That's the thing that I was really doing, you know, is is kind of like a side hustle. Um, So it was uh, up until, see, it was April of this year. And I was like, I got to stop doing this. I've been doing it for five years. And yeah. yeah. So I sold the boat. I sold my truck. I refinanced the house. I paid off all my debt. We're now the only thing I really have to worry about is my mortgage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I jumped into UXO and have been doing it full time ever since. So it's only been roughly five months, but here's the crazy thing. We've done three times the amount of revenue that we did last year since I've applied all my focus into the business. Yeah. 
and you can give it your full attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's an opportunity cost. So, and that's what I, it's like, you know, it, you hear people talk about, it. like you mentioned Gary V earlier um, mm-hmm. before this, we, we were talking and uh, you know, Gary V, you hear all these experts, like you got to jump into it. You got to, you know, give it your full attention. There's not, there's, there's a true opportunity cost associated with it to when you're taking a bunch of your attention, putting it towards, you know, what's paying the bills, that's attention and passion. It's you're pulling away from the business, you know, what you really want to be doing. So you have to, for, for anybody that's looking at jumping in and starting a business, like you have to jump in and do it 100%. You have to take the chance. If it's something you truly believe in and you're passionate about, you have to give it 100 mm-hmm. So do you think this is something I'm, I'm definitely interested in then because you've kind of felt, you find it, you've kind of felt both positions. Like when you decided to have half a foot in or, you know, one foot in one foot out. And then when you, you know, when you completely jumped in, do you think that you needed that time before, or do you think that, you know, you wasted a bunch of time or do you think it would have gone different if you would have jumped right in from the beginning? I, I you know, um, it's hard to, to ask the question without it being, yeah. uh, too judgmental of, uh, of the choices we make. But I mean, we can always think back and, and see how it would be differently, but what do you think, would you have changed well, anything? Oh yeah. There's a lot I would have changed. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There's so much like, like, here's the thing that I look back on and, and I was trying to do everything myself and you just yeah. can't do if, if you're trying to scale a business, you just can't do everything um, by yourself. You have to surround yourself with the team. Right. Um, but we, we didn't really know what we were doing. So our experience, like I, I look at some of our big competitors, like cage, I look at, um, you know, cage muscle, we've got, um, alpha lion, gosh, uh, Glaxon, who I really respect. Like there's a lot of good companies that are doing it right. Uh, and they also have, a lot of them have big names out there promoting the company and, and pushing it forward. And we, we don't have a big name really pushing us forward. And we also didn't have the expertise within the industry to really know what we were doing. We yeah. had an idea and it's like, we had a great idea, but we didn't know how to, bring it all together into one solid polished package. Yeah. And, uh, so we made a lot of mistakes and I would, I would recommend that anybody that does jump into a business, um, you know, maybe take it, oh, that, that first little bit to make sure you have a backup plan or not a backup plan. I don't want to say backup plan, but you have a good nest egg to carry you because mm-hmm. you do definitely need to hire resources to, you know, ensure that you have a polished product to ensure that you have a polished website. And we didn't, like I tried doing everything just very grassroots and uh, on a very limited budget and we built our own website and it looked like crap. Um, the only thing good about our business was our products. Like we had great products, great formulas, but you wouldn't know that by looking at the website. You wouldn't know that by looking at the, the label design that, that we did ourselves. Um, everything was just, it, it didn't look good, you know? Yeah. And I think that hurt us for the first, like the first three years, we lost, <laughs> we lost a lot of money. And uh, then after that, we started to see profits come in. And last year, we saw our, our first big profitable year. And um, yeah, but th- yeah, so I, I would say just make sure that you have the right resources. And if you are going to go on, do it right. Like spend the money. Mm-hmm. You got to spend money to make money. And yeah. I feel like we lost it. We, we, we lost a lot of money up front um, by trying to cut corners, by trying to save a buck or two, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably punished us. Well, but I mean, like mistakes, 
if you're if you're willing to listen to them like yeah. fucking big lessons right like oh, yeah. stuff that you're not going to do again <laughs> yeah. but what's interesting like you know because we'd have people be like hey you know we'll be a consultant for you and we're going to charge you this much and had I hired them, yeah, we probably could have avoided those mistakes. But to your point, yeah, it's, it's always great to make those mistakes because you can learn from them, right? Yeah. Um, it was just probably more costly than if we had just hired the consultant and had him guide us through the process up front. Yeah. But yeah, everybody's going to make mistakes and they, they have to happen. You learn from them. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, you, you probably understand this greatly then. Like you can only wear so many hats, right? Like. There's no way that you can, that you can run the logistics, but also be the creative, you know, and, and also, you know, be the support and like whatever other hats there are to, to run it. Like you can't ultimately have them all on at the same time. Right. No, no, I think, uh, but I think any entrepreneur when you first starting out, if you, if you're not coming from like a big investment or a bunch of money back in you, yeah. um, every entrepreneur eventually, you know, or has to start off. Yeah. Really- yeah. But yeah, as you grow, you have to start turning over responsibilities and finding mm-hmm. that. That's what I was talking about earlier, like surrounding yourself with a team yeah. that, can, that can take on these responsibilities and help you grow. Um, if you do try and sit there, if you try to sit there and do everything and wear all those hats, uh, again, it goes back to that opportunity cost. If you're sitting there as a CEO of your own business and you're creating content and you're creating ads and you're you know, doing the operational side of the business, that's mm-hmm. time you spent on the phone trying to grow the business with someone yeah. else, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, you can't afford to do that either. Yeah. So something I've, I've kind of wanted to get to now that now that we're kind of in this, um, did you have any areas of pushback of like people, you know, judging you or like, you know, kind of giving you limitation or like being, oh, this is kind of just a you know, a hobby thing, like when are you going to get back to, you know, making money or, you know, doing this job or how did that come? Because we, we almost always have people that, and you don't even know it until you start trying to grow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we still have naysayers, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say pushback, but you know, there's people that will, um, because we don't have big names, we're still growing, you know, we're still a small yeah. company, but, um, you know, people call us out for not being a real supplement brand, probably just because of our branding, you know, um, we're not the, the 100% like fitness, uh, what's, what's the word I want to look for? Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like I'm not in the best shape. Like I eat pizza, <laughs> I like, pizza. you know, I'll drink my rum and Coke, uh, but yeah, <laughs> the supplements and things like that, like we want to be 100% transparent and have the best mm-hmm. quality products. But I think that that kind of hurts us because we do have those fitness buffs that are like 100% track every macro. And, and I'm all for that. You know, that's not yeah. my lifestyle right now. That's not what I'm about. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so they, they look down upon us, maybe thinking that we don't fit in, or maybe it's because we have guns and stuff like that in our content because we are veteran focused. And that's what our, you know, our whole mission has been around. Yeah. Um, and we get a lot of pushback for that, but I, yeah. they, they don't give a fuck. Like there's some people <laughs> that like they can, they can be pissed off and they can call us out on social media, but I'm not going to change who we are. Like this mm-hmm. is what we're about. And, you know, I'm sorry that they are against the second amendment or, you know, conservatives, they, they don't need to follow us. And I'm okay with that. I know we're not going to win over every customer and we're not the company for every person. Um, we try to stick to our niches. You know, you, you know, it makes me think like, um, the, the whole idea of being, um, 
big fish in a little pond, like you can only be there so long, but it's also almost that opposite. Like when you, you become, when you jump over and it's like, you're a little fish in a really big pond and you're always at some point, especially starting a company, like you, you start off small, like you're going to be, you know, a, a tiny person in a land of giants, you know, oh, until, yeah. until you push through and like your resiliency gets you to where you want to go. Yeah. I mean, supplements, supplements, like why, why would you, um, why would you not be allowed to be in there compared to anybody else? You know? And sometimes I think people get so carried away with, uh, the flash of, oh, of yeah. brands that that's what they trust. And, you know, I think that's where people can have problems with, with supplements is, is they don't know what's in them. They just know the way that it looks. They know the way that it feels and don't know anything different. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the crazy thing is, um, and, and you know, but I, I know that the direction we're going, we're growing and, and that's a positive thing and I'm not concerned, but yeah, you look at the big companies, right? Yeah. They have the big marketing dollars and they're just flooding the market with their ads and that's cool. That's great for them, but you're right. A lot of people will get blinded by that and it becomes a cool factor. Like, Oh, I'm going to buy mm-hmm. this as everybody else is using it. And you know, which is fine. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but and I'm not going to call out the company or the CEO, but <laughs> look this up. Uh, but one of the biggest supplement companies right now, the CEO is facing a six-year indictment for knowingly putting in anabolic steroids in their products. Um, but, you know, they still lead the, the, the industry in sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People continue to buy their stuff because yeah. of their marketing. Because yeah. of their flash. And like I said, uh, I, you know, nothing against them as far as like they, they do them and they, they are very, very good at marketing. Like I wish we even had uh, a quarter of their marketing power, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but that's where it, that's where, you know, that's where it goes. Mm-hmm. It's all about the flash and people are willing to buy it. Yeah. But I think that that goes both ways though, because people buy that because they want to become part of that community too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, what's cool about UXO and what we're doing is we're building that community. Like we are small, but the way we build that community is we get more like-minded individuals on board that see the quality and, and, and learn to trust us and learn more about our story and can back behind it. And that's how we grow and scale. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I mean, we're social animals, right? And so I think there's something that there's something that has to be said for, for the bonds that we create, you know, money money can get you any supplement you want, you know, but how close, how close are you to that brand? Like, why is it you take that brand in the first place? And that's kind of what I see with UXO is like, it's, it's very personal and it's, it's very like close knit because of, of what you're trying to pull off. And you're actually hitting people's hearts because, you know, you do want to give back to the veterans. You do want to make sure people are taking in, you know, healthy supplements and, you know, aren't getting sick and like just passing away all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the other thing was, was like, and I, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to throw out anything more than what you're comfortable with, but what were the tough things over the last, what, five, five, six years that were just fucking like you, you, you want to give up. Right. Cause I think we all have that, that mentality every once in a while, what, what pushes you through in, t- in times like that? You know, I, I think honestly, we're in one of those times right now, not, 
you know, there's times where, yeah, like, we're definitely, I want to go bang my head against the wall and be like, man, I, I give up, you know, but yeah. the next day it's, you're, you're remotivated, you wake up and it's like, mm-hmm. it's after this and we, we go push forward. But, um, COVID has been the biggest struggle, unforeseen, yeah. um, that I could have, that I couldn't have foreseen. And, mm-hmm. and the, it's, it's the long-term ramifications. Like when COVID hit, it actually helped us out. Like people started changing their buying powers and people are their buying habits and uh, shifted to online purchasing. So people were buying direct from us. And, you know, we saw sales start to start to increase and we wrote it and we started doing more advertising, more marketing, growing our, our uh, ambassador team to help us spread the word. And we're on pace, like I said, triple last year's revenue. But um, now it's, it's just like with every industry, it's not just affecting sports nutrition. Like there was the shortage on lumber and prices on lumber went through the roof. There's gasoline. There's, you know, now appliances, you can't even get parts for appliances. All appliances are like on back orders so yeah. these houses and people can't get stoves for them. And the supplement industry is no different. Like the raw ingredients have just almost in price and getting our hands on specific plastic containers has been near impossible. We had to change up several of our labels because we just can't get our hands on the, the foil material that we, we use. Mm-hmm. Um, and production time along with that has doubled, if not tripled in some cases. So where it used to take us five to six weeks to create a product from here's payment to getting the product in our hands, it's now upwards of 12 to 14 weeks, which makes it more difficult to forecast. But at the same time, you also have to put that money up up front. So mm-hmm. put that money up front and I don't have the products for 12 weeks, that's 12 weeks. I'm without a lot of money. Right. So mm-hmm. it becomes difficult, man. And it's been, um, it's been, a, it's been very, very challenging and very painful. And even with us tripling the amount of revenue that we've done in one year, our profits haven't tripled because our cost of production has gone up as well. So mm-hmm. seeing dwindling margins on some of our products. And in fact, we may even have to retire a couple until stuff starts to rebound. Mm-hmm. But um, listening to some of the industry experts, like they, they don't expect for this rebound to happen for almost another year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's been, it's been challenging, you know, but the way I look at it is it's temporary. So even mm-hmm. though it's here, you know, it's temporary. So we'll come out more resilient on the other side and mm-hmm. stronger. And uh, it's unfortunate because this this has affected the small medium business more so than the bigger giants, the conglomerates. And I've seen, uh, you know, being in this industry as long as we have, like I said, ICS has only been open for like the past four months, but we've been around for six years and I've met a lot of people along that way. And mm-hmm. uh, I know of five supplement owners or companies that I've shared space with at um, expos or been booth uh, neighbors with that have shut their doors. Like they just can't weather it anymore. And it's unfortunate, you know, but uh, we will continue to weather it and we'll come out, you know, like I said, stronger. Dude, where does your mindset come from? You are like fucking on it, like resilient as fuck. It's impressive, (laughs) man. But dude, well, it's not always this way. Like I don't know how many times I've, uh, you know, and, and I have a good support system here with my wife, like Carrie has seen me go through this and uh, she's always been my biggest supporter. Even when I've had to cash out some of our 401k, when I believed in this business so much that I took our, some of our retirement fund and dumped it into it to make it grow. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, she's always been the biggest supporter. There's been times where I've, I've cornered her and I'm just like, this enough or said this and this lab saying this and these guys can't get this. And I'm, you know, super negative. And uh, she helps me turn around and look at it in positive light. You know, she's, she's been good at that. Dude, I, there's something to be said for our opposites that, you know, reel us in that, that can keep us grounded. Um, it, it just goes to say too, like, even in that point of view, you can't do things on your own. Sometimes you need that person like right at your side to, to help you weather that shit and bring reality back into play and like yeah. re-optimize and <laughs> right? Go, re-optimize, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, Nick, uh, and I've been helping Nick with until death barbell. Like mm-hmm. I love Nick and, uh, yeah, there's even been a couple of times where he's called me up and asked me for, for advice. And I'm just super negative. I'm like, no, you want to do this because of this and this and this. And I, I like drop, you know, and sometimes you just need to vent and then I'll call him back up like a half hour later. I'll be like, sorry about that, dude. You know, just need to get, <laughs> you're good. Here's, here's the way I approach it. And yeah. Sometimes you need to explode as long as you can get it off your chest and then uh, refocus and get back after it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't, that's not where, where our focus at, is at today, but um, learning emotional control, right. And then learning yeah. emotional acceptance is something that's, that's very difficult, especially for a lot of men, you know, and going back to what you were saying before, um, with, uh, with, with what you were using your time and money for, you know, before you entered the military, there's something basic and primal instinctive, whatever you want to call it in a lot of us men that like, if we're not, if we don't have an outlet for whatever uh, value we want to get, if we don't have a value system or, you know, we have all this energy and a pent up and we don't have anywhere to direct it like healthy, then it's going to come out unhealthy, you know? And I think that's where a lot of us uh, miss the mark is like, if we could, if we could give it a direction, you know, if we could give it some sort of, of a point on the map of where we want to put it, like the way we can do, the way we, we would do anything can turn around, you know? And, um, I'm, I'm not saying this is what this is, but you know, for veterans too, that come home and, you know, you hear about them not being able to get jobs and stuff. Like how else is their mental state supposed to, to go, you know, when they don't have support and they don't have anybody to help them find a direction when they just came from, you know, be on the edge of a, a war. I mean, being in a war, you know, and, like they have, they have direction, they have, they have rules, like mission rules and like everything you're supposed to, supposed to follow through. And then you come back into this uh, society that, you know, everything's kind of a free for all and, you know, everybody's doing anything and, you know, there's not really any focus for individuals. And so how do you, how do you connect to people and how do you find something where most of your life, you just kind of known to be uh, you know, a soldier that takes direction and like has everything kind of set up for him. I kind of sounds fucked up, but you know what I mean? Like, Oh no, you're right. I, I understand you're kind of where that mentality to be, comes from and to be there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's tough, man. And that's something that I never experienced. I had a recruiter come at me when I was a teenager. Cause I, I was interested in it. I was like, Oh yeah, this would be cool. Like basic training. Like I love the physical aspect. I, I want to see if I can handle these guys yelling at me and stuff, but he yeah. pushed on me so hard when people push on me so hard, like I'm, I'm out. Like, I don't, it, I know it's more for you than it is for me. So, so that was my one opportunity. And I, I totally, um, but I don't know if I would have made it either. 
Um, I think I would have been that 18, 19, 20 year old that you were talking about. I don't know if I would have, yeah. I don't know if I would have had the mental, uh, ability to make it through that. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, I, I got respect for, for people that put their lives on the line and, you know, do something above and beyond that other people don't understand, especially when we live in a country that could probably give it more focus and give it more, um, more of a helping hand, you know, yeah. you know, or, or an understanding, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's part of it. Like you said, or the understanding, um, it's kind of interesting. So a year ago, uh, well, no, it was this last Memorial day. We did a hundred mile ruck. Uh, Jesus, man. Yeah, we did it in three days. Um, now there were three of us. It was myself, John Ramos and, uh, Spencer Lynn. He's a, uh, Lieutenant in the army. He flew in from Pittsburgh to do it with us. And he's the only one that completed it. Like me and John tapped out. Um, I tapped out at like mile 70, John tapped out a little bit before me and, uh, we, we underestimated it. Right. But you know, the whole goal was to do it, to raise money. And we raised $7,500 for mission. Yeah. Um, and my whole goal was to, you know, fight veteran suicide, fight veteran suicide. And Spencer shows up and, you know, it, it kind of, it, it made me think of it from a different angle, but he, uh, I was like, why are you doing this Spencer? Like, why'd you want to join us? And he was like, you know, I just feel for these soldiers that come home and don't have a support system that basically yeah. left, you know, they didn't have anything. So they left and joined the military and uh, then when they exit the military, they come back to nothing. They don't have that, that, that support system. It made, it made me think about it because I, I was fortunate. Like I said, I was an old cat coming in and I've had loving parents. I had you know, parents that were um, always there for me. I never dealt with any sort of abuse or anything like that. So when I came home, I still have my loving parents, even though they're not here in Idaho, like we talk and you know, they're, they're very supportive of everything I do. I have my loving wife. I have my daughters. And um i think of what what if i didn't if i came home and I, it made me think about the soldiers i never really put it into that uh perspective of man like some of these guys yeah and, and that could be a leading cause to you know the emotional distress and all the the other disorders that are happening but um you know yeah i feel for them and uh there does there needs to be more support out there for them mm-hmm. you know and right now i know that there's there's bills that they push forward that have been denied. And um, so that's why it's great that we have organizations, nonprofit organizations like Mission 22 and, and these other guys, Homes for the Troops that um, are doing, you know, things to try and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, people sometimes think that individual power doesn't really go that far, kind of like the voting thing, you know, but it, what, you know, if it wasn't for some of the organizations like that you're supporting, how far off would we really be then? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's the, the community powers. It can be super, super strong. I respect that. Yeah. Um, where, where do you see UXO going? Um, Not to uh, steal any future secrets or anything. <laughs> no, I, I see us, you know, um, I see us scaling. Like a, I want to be a, a giant right yeah. in the industry. Yeah. and i want to try and like we talk about all the bad that happens and like i said there, there's some good companies out there. there's companies like caged and what chris geffen is doing I, I respect him um what's interesting is we started about the same time i didn't even know about him you know mm-hmm. Caged came out right about the same time as us 
and then come to find out he's right here in Boise, Idaho, you know? Yeah, so right. Him and he's a great guy and I respect what he does. I respect what like Free Gym does and uh, some of the other companies I named earlier. Um, but uh, I think that's how we make change is we change by becoming bigger and by be changing the, the context of what's being put out there in the supplement industry. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't know how big we'll get, but we'll be big. You know, somebody, somebody once told me um, that instead of saying like a, a specific goal of like, I'm going to be better than this person, all you do is say that I'm just going to be the best because it's, it's open-ended. Like there's, yeah. there is no end to that. Like to, you could be the best and then you can continue to be the best. Like you, there's no end goal where you can stall. Like you don't get to the end. And you're like, oh, okay, finally made it. You continue to just go because there's always something more to, to tap yeah. on. Yep. Um, so I, what are your, I kind of, what, what would be your stack? Cause I know that all of us kind of that are, that are into the ath athletics, um, you know, powerlifting, weightlifting, bodybuilding, all this stuff. Um, we all kind of build these own, these stacks. Um, what, what's your, your favorite supplements of yours that you like to use? Oh, Jesus. All of them, of course. Right. <laughs> Right. That's why, um, you know, I'll have, I'll have guys that reach out to me that were like deployed with me. In fact, I, I had one reach out to me the other day and he's like, Hey man, what do I need? And, uh, you know, so I, I dig more into like, well, what's going on, man? What are your goals and mm. what your fitness look like? What's your diet look like? And then I end up just recommending the whole slew of stuff. Right. And I, yeah. look back, I was like, dude, I was like, I'm sorry. Like I, I, I realize this looks like a grocery list, but here's why I'm recommending it. X, Y, Z. Um, like I take a lot of our stuff, but if I had to narrow it down to just uh, three, um, you know, uh, send it or pre-workout, like that's, I, I have to have that, right? Um, so send it, 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 you've tried it, right? You think you tried the original formula. Yeah, maybe. We, we revamped it a couple of times, but I mean, yeah, it's got four trademarked ingredients in it. It's third-party tested, so it's safe for soldiers and athletes. Um, good pump, like best pump, like we, we loaded it with pump ingredients. So mm -hmm. you definitely, um, have more endurance muscles are going to fill up with more fluid. Um, uh, strength is going to increase and it's got, it's got good beta alanine kicking it. Now, some people don't like it. I, I need to have it. So you, you get the tingles, right? You take that mm -hmm. like 15 minutes after you down it, like you feel the tingles kick in and you're like, Oh shit, it's time to go to work. Dude, I but fucking love, I love get, that like, feeling. That, you don't get the hearts, you know, the, the heart palpitations, yeah. you know, that irritability. Like I've tried some high skin pre-workouts and I just feel anxious on them. I feel mm -hmm. like, Ooh, you know, um, you don't get that send it's a smooth ride, but you, you definitely know you're on something. Um, our greens, Gilly greens, dude, I'm, I, I love that product and we sell a ton of it. It's become our second best selling product. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a greens product. It tastes amazing. Um, like we worked on it for over a year with just flavoring, just to make sure it tasted right. So it well, and I remember tasting it like what a year and a half or two years ago, I think. Yeah. 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 You, you tasted it. That's when yeah. we were in research and development. We kept kicking it back, kicking it back. And we finally perfected the formula and it tastes amazing, but that one's got uh KSM 66 in it. It's no a, idea what that means. It's a, <laughs> see, I don't, see, I don't pay attention to my supplements either. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an ashwagandha root. It's a root. Oh, of like okay. This, this like just woody type 
stem mm-hmm. that's grown over in India. Um, but it's been clinically proven to uh, reduce cortisol levels, to improve mood, to reduce anxiety and stress. Um, so this thing, like I take it daily. And what I tell people is like, I notice now the days that I miss, like that I, that I don't take it. Like I definitely feel a little bit more on edge. Right. Mm-hmm. So the days that I take it, I feel, you know, it's like business as usual. Like, let's go. You know, it's a great, and plus it helps you bridge your nutrient gaps. So you're getting all your important vitamins and, yeah. and you know, all your superfoods and you just feel good. So I love that product. Yeah. And then, um, Charlie Mike, that that's the other one. Um, Charlie Mike's military term for continue mission. So oh, okay. it's, it's our intro workout, but it's, uh, we just re-released it in a new orange cream sickle flavor, which tastes oh, that sounds amazing. Amazing. But uh, yeah, it's got all of your essential amino acids. It's got coconut water powder in it. It's got pink Himalayan salt. All of those are great for helping you retain nutrients and minerals so you're not sweating them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the essential amino acids are great for putting on lean muscle mass. But we added Pico too. It's a, it's a blend of adaptogenic. Uh, it's a blend of adaptogenic mushrooms. Okay. So it, it's clinically proven to boost your VO2 max and your time to exhaustion. So your endurance goes through the roof and they, they did clinical studies on athletes from the university of North Carolina with this mushroom blend. And like they saw 70 or I'm sorry, they saw, um, improvements in their time to failure, the VO two max by 70 seconds. Wow. So it, They could go for an extra 70 seconds before they hit that, where they were, they were done, where they hit exhaustion. Dude which is nuts. Like and my I had cardio a, sucks. That would be great as a power lifter. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and we felt it like the hundred mile ruck that I told you we went on. Like we had um, f- every five to 10 miles, we had checkpoints where a Sherpa would meet up with us and we'd refill on like Charlie Mike and water and we'd get little snacks and stuff to keep us going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were a couple of times where I ran out of Charlie Mike and all I was doing was just drinking water. I had a backpack full of water. And like, you just felt depleted. You still felt dehydrated because you just sweat that water, right? It just goes mm-hmm. right through. And uh, the minute we'd meet up with our Sherpa, take our Charlie Mike, it was like instant. Like you felt it like instantly. You felt like you had more energy. Like you were replenished. You felt hydrated. You were good to go again. It was nuts. So I, I love that for me. Yeah. Dude, I might be, I might be trying some new things by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> or give us some samples. You'll love Charlie Mike. It's good. Um, okay. So I got a couple more things. So the sure. big thing that I like to get across to people is like that there's something else out there and the, you, it, like, we need to question everything that we do. So we don't get sucked into some sort of conditioned state and we end up doing, you know, living life in ways that we don't want to. And I want people to know that. And, you know, it's the reason I reached out to you because you created this thing from your own desire. Right. So, so what is it like, what kind of advice would you give to people that, you know, that, that do want to think for themselves and do want to, to build something and, you know, pay attention to what they're passionate about or find, a th- find their passion. And what would you give out to the, to people that, that really need it, you know, to kind of follow that path? Um, I would say, you know, you have to believe in yourself. Like you have to take that step. You just have to, if it's something you're truly passionate about, there, there was a quote that, um, oh man, I'm gonna have to find it, but it was it was really impactful quote for me. Um, shoot, I was gonna see if I could look it up. I'm gonna have to edit this. 
<laughs> hey, that's a good quote. That basically said, um, you know, for any entrepreneur, you have to have belief in your ability to go out there and drive something forward. But in the back of your mind, you also have to realize that there's the risk of failure, right? Mm -hmm. Those that go into anything without having the fear of failure could fail and lose everything, Mm -hmm. right? But starts with the belief. Um, So I forget how he ended the quote. But anyways, um, basically just saying that, yeah, you have to realize it has to be, um, there has to be that fire underneath you. Mm -hmm kind of like the thing that's going to hold you accountable to yourself. Um, but you, you have to have an overwhelming belief in what you're doing is going to overwhelm that fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that's the biggest thing is for me, like the, it was belief in the company, which I had then as you talked about earlier, being in front of the camera, like I hate being in front of the camera. I hate talking and that comes with the territory. Like you have to push yourself to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. You have to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions and make them comfortable Mm -hmm. to become better at what you do, whatever it is. And it doesn't necessarily have to be standing in front of the camera. It's just whatever, you know, you struggle with turn your, turn your weakness into a strength. And if you can't become a strength, then you take your strengths and you optimize those and make them even more powerful. Mm -hmm. No, no. Well said, man, because sometimes I think people get carried away with the complexity and thinking it's really complex when the foundation probably comes down a lot more to your belief and your, your ability to push through things. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, one, well, two questions, but what does it mean to you then to be rebel minded? How would you describe that? Rebel minded. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, I don't know if this is what you were going for. Hey, it's your answer. This is my answer. Yep. See, I think being rebel minded is, uh, pushing the status quo, right? Mm. Like not just accepting what people tell you to be firm and true. Um, for me, rebel minded would be to, you know, push the limits to not to be afraid to ask questions to you know like that's the thing that bugged me in corporate corporate america man corporate america that there's always like that this is the way it's done this is the way it's got to be here's our sop and you might have somebody might not even be yourself but somebody else might be like hey why don't we do it this way like this way is going to be more efficient like that's the whole process behind lean and sigma six right Mm-hmm. sometimes corporate America can be like, no, 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 this is our SOP. This is the way it needs to be done. You know, people need to look for ways to improve things, to make things more efficient, to, to challenge things that, uh, that are set in place mm-hmm. when they need to be challenged. Yeah. No, I, I fucking agree. Um, I think that all of us can get a little too carried away with uh, being compliant. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Compliant, complacent. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think UX UXO is great. Like, I'm I'm so glad that you you were able to come on here and and fill in. You know what you guys are actually about and your foundation. And I think it's fantastic. Um, where can people find you? And what are the best? What are the things that you want people to know about UXO? 
Um, you know, I, I think just if they've watched this whole thing that they know enough about UFO. So I would say, check us out social media. <laughs> there you go. Um, like I said, with us, um, fitness was one of our outlets overseas. The other outlet was just trying to find humor and things, right. When you dealt with stressful situations. So we also try and keep our content lighthearted. We try and find humorous things and, um, keep things entertaining. So definitely mm-hmm. check us out on social media. Go to the website, check out some of the products, www.uxosupplements.com. And uh, know about us, man. I mean, just continue to follow us. Like we're going to continue to scale. I talked about the 100 mile ruck we did last Memorial Day. Uh, we're doing it again this year. But uh, based on the feedback we got last year, we raised $7,500. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about, like, let's maximize it. Like the sky's the limit. Like mm-hmm. this time I'm opening it up. We're going to, I'm opening it up as almost like a race. And we're partnering with the city to get permits and we're going to have a concert. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have beer and yeah. all these donated uh, to mission 22. And my goal this year is like, like fuck 7,500. Like we're going to raise a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Dude. We're making yeah. it a huge event where last year I said there were three of us that did it this year. We're opening it up. It's not going to be hundred miles. We're going to do 22 miles with less weight, but we're opening up to where anybody can join us. $22 to, to join the rough. Um, 22 pound pack. We're going 22 miles, all for the 22 veterans that take their lives every day, and all of the money is going to go to Mission 22. But it's going to be a big event. Like we started planning that last week. Um, we've got until Memorial Day to to get all everything figured out, you know. But it's going to be huge. It's gonna Dude, be huge. that's fantastic. I want to do. It. I might be able to make it 22 miles. Dude, I don't know. Good, you should. You know, I know we got <laughs> Hover Power and um, Kristen. Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming up from New Mexico. They're going to do it. Um, yeah, we got a lot of people. I'm planning on flying in some, uh, like a motivational speaker that's going to give a speech and going to have a concert. Like, we're going to do a big, like, we're going all out this time. Dude, it'll be yeah. epic. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So, anybody who follows us, please check that out. Come down, support. Um, join us on the rock. It'd be cool to have as many people in as we can. Memorial Day 2022. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. Um, John, honestly, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you filled me in on the company and what it's really about. Um, I, I like it that much more. Um, and thank you for fucking creating it. Thank you for, for creating something that is supportive of, of veterans and supportive of people and like their fucking health and fitness itself. Like I, it's been awesome, man. I thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having yeah. us on. Yeah. Thanks for being on the RMP. uh, for everyone else out there, go check out UXO. Um, you're going to love this company. I know, I know you're going to love these supplements too. I've tried them. I've tried them. Um, but, uh, for everyone else out there, stay strong, stay rebel-minded. This is your host, Zach out. Hey guys, I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has, then it would help us so much. If you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback, wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.